Hello and welcome to For the Love of Stories. That's right, I'm back. Hi. Um, if you missed me, well, I'm back. I'm sorry that you missed me. If you didn't, well, I'm back. So, hello. Um, it has been a while. It has been almost a year, which is shocking. It is shocking how quickly time goes by. Uh, trust me, I have learned that. But I am so happy to be back, and I'm so happy. I have new equipment, so I sound a lot nicer. I can actually hear myself when I record now. I have like I can plug headphones in uh, to this microphone. So shout out to who gave it to me. You know who you are. It's wonderful. I love it. It's so nice. It really got me back into remembering that this is something I like to do, and this is something that I should be doing. And I'm here, and I'm trying to do it, and, you know, I'm gonna just try, because I have a lot of stuff going on in my life. It's very true. I'm gonna tell you, eighth grade is not easy, um, and I've, you know, been trying to push my way through, and even just that, like, playing in high school, which, if you live in New York, then you know why that's awful. It's also, it's fun, but it's, it's awful. If you don't live in New York, then you, uh, you don't know why it's awful, but it's not that fun. But anyways, so I'm back, and I don't know exactly what the uploading schedule is going to be because it takes me a while to write these things, you know. Uh, they might not always be the best edited, but I do put time, I do put care, and I'm not like a professional writer, but I do work hard on them, and I make sure that what I'm serving is my best work, and I'm proud of everything that I serve on here, and I want to make sure that it's the best. So it takes me a while. But that being said, however, it... I don't like taking long breaks, but it also, sometimes, I just don't have the time. I am also working on a new podcast, which I will hopefully be able to release soon. I have not yet recorded the first episode, but I have a co-host and everything. It's going to be wonderful. It's a podcast about musicals, because if you don't know this about me, because I haven't talked about it much, I love musicals, and I want to talk about them a lot. So that will come out soon. More information to come. Um, but I feel like I had to put something in I don't remember maybe I'll remember later you know I forget things a lot but anyways I am back and I think that it's just a great time to jump back in the story but I am going to give a spoiler warning because I always do that and this episode had dropped some major bombshells I'm, I'm, I'm kidding sort of but um as long as you are okay with this if you are not you should go back to the beginning you know watch through everything if you need a refresher and you can have that. But without further ado, uh, let's hear the next episode. So I'm going to ring that sound, which I have not played in a while. Um, all right, here we go. Questions of Religion and the Dream Creeper. Many people try to solve the question of where the Dream Keeper came from and his role in our society. Many depict him as a godlike figure such as other gods of pre-paradise times. Said Danny Vlashina, the dreamkeeper had no beginning and shall have no end. He simply exists and watches over us. Others, however, have a much more grim theory, simply saying that the dreamkeeper is a mortal who, like the nine souls, sorry, I'm messing up because I'm tired, <clears throat> who, like the nine souls, fell to the lowest human pitfalls and died most spectacularly, Delistra Forden, Questions of Religion and the Dreamkeeper. Ashla didn't enjoy vacations. In fact, she found vacations more stressful than relaxing. The planning and coordinating, organizing her three kids. Don't worry, her husband would say. We can't miss our flight. Everything has been planned out by a paradise vacation expert. You're thinking of the old days. He was right. 
When Ashla was a kid, there were no government coordinators to make sure everything could go perfect. What a world that had been like, having to do things by yourself. How funny, she thought. Despite her dislike of vacations, she couldn't deny the chance to go to New Agachester alone with all expenses paid. Before Paradises, Agachester was a thriving city that's original name was lost with time. However, when Vildar Cranston began building his paradises everywhere, he did major developments to the city, and it was renamed Agachester. The people of Agachester weren't too upset with giving up their old name during the Cranston Corp advancement. Oh, oh sorry. Uh, they weren't. They weren't too upset with giving up their old name during the renovations. When she arrived at the airport, she was directed to a traveler pod, the latest Cranston Corp advancement. These pods could travel far distances in a matter of minutes, while the riders enjoyed wonderful VR scenes of their choice. Ashley chose Dark Crystal 4, Return of the Time-Eating Podlings, which was nothing compared to the last three. In a matter of 30 minutes, she stood outside the Grand Best Western Supreme Hotel, where she was instantly greeted and brought to a luxurious room sparkling with Cranston Corp tech. How lucky was she to live in a paradise, thought Ashla. She only had to utter the word sleep, and the lights dimmed. A closet opened, showing only a pair of perfect-fitting pajamas, and the door locked, securing her in for the night. As summer and autumn entered the cave, they felt as if they were being consumed by darkness. Stone stairs led down into the unknown abyss, as little lights seemed to flicker on and off around them to guide their path. So, began Autumn, what's going to happen now? Summer was annoyed by this question. If I knew, then I would have told you by now, she replied, holding back from yelling at the paradise dweller. Suddenly, two lights flickered, two white lights flickered on from high above. They revealed a large crumbling wall in front of them, in the end of the staircase. On either side of the wall was a little opening. However, no lights shined in there. Suddenly, a thick gas poured from the openings. Summer, is that normal? said Autumn, pointing at the gas. No, Summer cried. Bad side, to the stairs. But the gas was coming down the stairs, too. Oh dear, what do we do? cried Autumn. Summer began to speak out, Summer began to speak out but was stopped as she breathed in the gla- gas. It burned within her body. Autumn! she yelled out. The sound bounced through the room as the walls began to bend and close in on themselves. She heard Autumn yell out, but it didn't sound like words, just screams. Autumn is running to me. The ground shook under them fiercely. How it burns. The floor began to drop down. How did this happen? It opened into a large cavern, sucking in the gas with it, leaving the two girls gasping for air on the ground of the cavern. Their vision was blurry, but they saw a large creature rise from the hole in the floor. Is this? Autumn tried to ask but couldn't get it out. The lights above them went out. Darkness again. No, there were two very dim lights outlining the proscenium of a giant stage in front of them. And on that stage was something large, not human-like. Its body was blue in the foggy light. Their vision was still blurred, so Autumn and Summer couldn't tell what it was. Its head was bowed over its chest, yet it seemed to be rising. Suddenly, arms emerged from either side of the beast. Two, four, six, eight. Eight deep blue arms rose above a head with eight eyes, revealing the full creature. All at once, both Autumn and Summer knew this was the dream creeper.
Ashla woke to the sound of an alarm. An alarm! Alarms were never sounded on paradises unless it was a real emergency. Ashla stretched out of bed and thought it was some sort of drill, but it was best to go down to the lobby and check. As she peeked into the hotel lobby, a woman who seemed to be working at the hotel came running down the hallway, screaming, The world is ending! Ashla couldn't... Oh dear, did I blow out the microphone? Oh, we're all good. <clears throat> Ashla stifled a laugh, and then she felt it. First a rumble, then a shake. Ashla was thrown off balance as the entire hotel fiercely shook. It took only a moment, but the hallway was filled with screams and yelps of panic. Ashla stood up from the ground. Earthquakes don't happen in paradises, she thought. Her neighbor burst out of his door in just his slippers and bathrobe, apparently oblivious to the earthquake just before. I demand to speak with someone, he yelled. My damn windows won't open, and now the whole hotel is shaking. His face contorted in a look of disgust as a crying concierge ran by them both. Sir, sir, he yelled, chasing the poor concierge down the hallway. Ashla blinked and found herself on the floor for a second time as the building fell on its side, the entire hallway angling upwards, and then the lights went out, and there was silence. Through the silence, a rhythmic pulsing filled the darkened hallway, and Ashla was swept over by a sense of falling as the building came tumbling down. Autumn could only cower in fear as she watched the creature awaken from its slumber. It reminded her of a story she had once heard about a fable told by pre-paradise humans about a squid monster that would attack pirate ships. When it awoke, it would yell, Who dares to disturb me in my sleep? Or something like that. She half expected to hear the same words, but knew that it was just a tall tale. She turned towards Summer, who had fallen into a deep bow. Oh, great leader. She tried to get something, but her words were slurred and slow. The gas, Autumn thought, but her vision and mind were still fuzzy. Do not speak, the creature said. It will only hurt you more. His hands that were highest up lowered and cupped together, revealing a small liquid within his hands. Drink the elixir, he said. Summer came first and took a small sip from the giant bowl his hands created. Autumn moved forward and took a sip. The elixir was bitter, yet its taste was so distinct. Coffee! she cried out. Summer, regaining some strength, picked herself up and asked what Autumn was talking about. Well, it's this drink. Silence! Why have you come to see me? Summer attempted to speak loudly, pushing through the theater fear my tribe has been eradicated i have come seeking guidance don't you realize that i have stopped concerning myself with you humans the dream keeper spat back don't you think that perhaps i'm useless you're all so sad so powerless that you call upon me as a god to save you why not work for yourselves be gone from my sight the two lights illuminating the room flicked out wait just a minute Summer whipped her head around to see the figure of Autumn in the darkness, stumbling around on her feet. We walked all the way through the desert to find you, and you're just gonna turn us away? The creature's voice was practically more than a was little more than a whisper when he said, What? You dare to argue with me? 
Autumn was practically screaming. My friend here just lost her whole family, her whole tribe, and you have no sympathy? I know you're a god and whatnot, but you're a pretty bad one. You better turn on these lights and give us a fair chance to speak with you. Autumn repeated those final words. Turn on the lights, turn on the lights, over and over and over. I will not turn on the lights, the dream keeper bellowed. It was as if, as if at this moment his words were all that was needed for Autumn to win. All around them orbs illuminated, flooding the cavern with light. Summer gasped as they stared at the scene before them. The creature had crumpled on the ground, except it wasn't a creature. It was a puppet. Sheets upon sheets of metal welded together and hastily painted blue, attached to strings stretching up into the cavern. Behind it was a mirror, making it seem as if the cave went on forever. Most shocking, though, was off in the corner, a man huddled, shaking. You! cried Autumn. He stood. His was the voice of the beast in front of them. Hello. He waved and smiled awkwardly. Sean had never seen anything like it before. Sixteen buildings destroyed. He wasn't even sure what caused it. A freak earthquake? An energy pipe explosion? Neither would be powerful enough. Everyone in the room looked nervously at one another. What would happen to all these people in security monitoring? Nothing like this had ever happened before. The door opened and his boss, Helga, walked in, accompanied by a man who everyone recognized. They had only seen him in pictures, though. To all of you here in security and monitoring, he said, I want to give my deepest apologies. The tragedy yesterday was unlike anything our paradise systems have seen, and we now know exactly who the culprits are. We would also like it to be known that during the aftermath of this attack, our dear Onyx Kratostine was assassinated. An official statement will be put out later today, but we thought you should be the first to know. Outsiders are the ones to blame for this, and the repercussions will be like anything this world has seen before. Vildar Cranson gave the group an unsettling smile. Sean knew he had to be very careful during this meeting. 2,445.55 miles away from the meeting room of the security department of Agachester was a building. It used to be a shoe factory before the Paradise system was built. Oddly enough, it wasn't destroyed or rebuilt. Instead, it was left the same. At least, on the outside it was. Inside, all the windows were blacked out, and the building had been secretly converted into labs. On the third floor was a boy. He had nearly died, but he was saved by someone. They had asked for only one thing in return. A simple task. Kill his sister. So that is all for this episode. I know it was short, but you know, I was on, I didn't have a lot of time. I wanted to just get this episode done and be able to put it out there and to say I'm back and I hope the next one will be longer. Um, you know, I set a lot of stuff up and I'm hoping that I can answer it on the next one. I believe the next one is, I have the name written down somewhere. Oh God, what's it called? It's, oh yeah. The web of lies. So, uh, tune in, uh, next time for the web of lies and there's going to be a snap in there now. It's just going to be like titled snap the web of lies. Anyways, I'm not very funny. I get reminded on a daily basis by my wonderful, wonderful friends that I'm not funny. Speaking of wonderful friends, uh, my dear friend Emmy was not here to join me today, which I was hoping that they would be, and they have agreed to be my co-host, so they will be coming back. I just really wanted to get this one out here, so I didn't have a lot of time to plan, but I promise probably next episode they will be back 
Um, and I have some also some fun guests to come, uh, other friends. And it's just going to be really wonderful. And I'm so happy to be back and so excited to be here. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's I think that's all I need to say for this episode. I am uh, apologizing again because I really uh, didn't want to be gone for such a long time. Uh, I think it got out of hand very quickly how long I was gone for. But I am back, and I will be back in another episode. And uh, look how much time flies. So there will be a New Year's episode like there has been for the past two years. Yeah, two years. Well, we skipped one because that was a bad year. But anyways, uh, we will be back. Oh, did I blow this out again? Uh, we'll be back, and uh, I'm really happy to be back. And I thank you for listening and for staying. If this is your first episode, then welcome to the podcast. Uh, but if you already if you made it to the end, then thank you because you know that helps me in a lot of ways. If you just listen to the end, uh, I know my intros are my outros are boring and I'm I'm rambling at this point. But anyways, I believe that is all. So thank you so much, and uh, I will you I will see you all in the next one. Goodbye now. How do I stop recording?